Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, dear family. Good morning, beloved. How are you doing? I pray that you're doing well. And wherever you are in the country, you've got some sleeping bags in reserve in case electricity goes out. All the way here in Texas, it's 30 degrees, and we're preparing for a hard freeze from tomorrow night right through Saturday down in Texas. So you in the Midwest and Ohio Valley and all of that, Missouri, and you're you're really going to, we're, we're getting the tail end of something, but... Um, you're really going to be in for it with winds and they say one of the worst storms in history, all of that. So not to scare anyone, but certainly be prepared with warm blankets, be prepared if electricity goes out with snowstorms and all of that. Um, protect yourselves, be prepared in advance. So God bless you all. Uh, I think we'll definitely have a white Christmas <laughs> for those children that could bundle up warm enough and make a good snowman. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, I know Station of the Cross is going to play some very special holiday programs and music over the over the holiday weekend. Um, and in our couple of days here before Christmas, I've been deciding what we should talk about. And, you know, um, people are suffering because their churches are being closed. Um, by the hundreds in the Novus Ordo, and uh, many bishops are just simply shutting out the Latin Mass, and people are kneeling outside of closed churches, some even celebrating Mass outside of closed churches. So it's just, um, it's pretty awful. And there's an article uh, that LifeSite News put together, and it follows the Catholic Identity Conference um, that Remnant uh, TV put on um, with Michael Matt, where Bishop Athanasius Snyder spoke. He made the rounds in October. He was down and came to visit us too. And he, you may, may many of you may have seen the the. Uh, the time that Bishop Athanasius Snyder was on Mother Miriam Live with me. He came to our, our new priory, which are two mobile trailers, um, and, um, and, and bless them. Um, Bishop Snyder celebrated Mass there, consecrated our altar. So we're just so happy. Uh, we're sitting on a lot of dirt, so we need to put mud down or a street or uh, crushed asphalt or something, and we need a lot of work there. But um, all of you have been very generous, and God will absolutely supply our every need. So let me mention once more, one more time, that our our print our uh, newsletter, twenty eight page historic newsletter, and our first from Texas. It'll be a keepsake because it has the faith in it. I've mentioned this before. What Catholics must believe, not generally believe, must believe. What Catholics must do, and things that can be changed and things that cannot. So just cut through all the confusion on what the Catholic Church teaches, and if you call yourself Catholic, what you must believe and what you must practice. Now, you may not have done that all this time. You may not have been educated, but now's the time to do it. So we'll be sending out the newsletter by email 
uh, in the next day or two. And if you're on our email list, you will receive it in full. If you're on our regular mail list, uh, it's going to take a couple of weeks to get that out in the mail to you. But in any case, you can receive both email and regular mail. Uh, just go to our website, motherofisraelshope.org, click on newsletter. And if you're not signed up, go ahead and sign up and indicate whether you wish email or regular mail or both. We don't charge. Uh, we always are grateful for donations, especially um, if you're cert- if you're out of the United States, especially even Canada. We have many subscriptions from Canada, and uh, quite expensive to mail to Canada. So, and and overseas. So we appreciate any help you can give us. It's it's just fine. Um, and so, uh, the, you know, it's always, if you uh, sign up after the newsletter has been sent out by email, we could still send a copy to you by email, no problem. Um, if the regular mail's always, already gone out, you can email us and we'll put it in the mail to you. And by the way, we have printed many extra newsletters and many extra holy cards for this Christmas. So if you want to order them for your homeschooling group, for your um, um, friends, uh, whatever it is for your conference, you you may order them. We're going to have a thousand extra of everything printed, so uh, we will have them for you. And again, we don't charge. Uh, this one's going to cost us a lot, and so we appreciate your contribution. But if you need them, just ask them. Give us your address, and we'll put them in the mail. Okay. Now, concerning trying to decide what to cover these next couple of days before Christmas. I read an article um, on LifeSite News, and uh, it combines um, what um, Pope Francis has done, what Bishop Athanasius Snyder has taught, and much of his comments, many of his comments from the Catholic Identity Conference in October, um, all summed up in a wonderful article by Michael Hayes on LifeSite News. I want to read this to us because I want to say if you're in the Novus Ordo and your parishes are being closed and combined and all of that, do not fret. I would beg you to look for a Latin Mass if you could. Um, but at least just get to a Novus Ordo Mass. Don't give up. Um, the church, Jesus is building his church, the gates of hell, will not prevail. It may be dwindled down to the initial 12, but there will be a remnant and Our Lord uh, has promised to lead his church into all truth till the end of time, um, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And I think many of these Novus Ordo parishes being shuttered, um, forgive me for this, but it's a good thing, because many of them will not allow communion on the tongue, which is the norm, and they have lay ministers, which no one but the sacred consecrated hands of a priest has any right to touch that host. So I think it's not a bad thing. Uh, Latin churches uh, are being closed because they're coming out of their seams and they're growing and the powers that be um, in the Holy See are and bishops are not acting as the Church of Christ but as a dictatorship and um, we are in those times beloved we are in those times praise God give thanks every single day that you have faith that you have the gift of faith, that your husband, that your wife, that your children, that you believe and that you can get to a church or you will soon be in the catacombs and you could still have a mass. Thank God with all your heart for the gift of faith. 
Don't you worry about your persecution. With every persecution, bless his name on your knees that you are persecuted, that you have the faith, and no matter what people take from you, they can't take Christ from you. I just read an article again today in LifeSite News. I hope you subscribe to LifeSite News. Um, of a family of seven, seven children, all being shot for uh, housing the Jewish peoples during the Jewish people, the Jewish family for a year and a half during Nazi persecution. And um, they saved the Jewish family and they were all put to death, seven little children. It's, it's all demonic, beloved, but they have the faith and we have the faith. And whether we live another 50 years or another two days or another five minutes, our future, if we're true to Christ, has only begun. So I will uh, read as much of this article as we have time for prior to our half-hour break. And it begins that Bishop Athanasius Snyder has described Pope Francis's restrictions on the traditional Latin Mass as a gross abuse, a gross abuse of the papal office, which violate the 2,000-year tradition of the Catholic Church. His Excellency made the comments in his prepared address to participants of the Catholic Identity Conference organized by the Remnant in Pittsburgh over the weekend, that was in October, and the full recording of his talk, along with that of other speakers, can be found at the conference website. So if you want to hear it and other speakers, just go to remnanttv.com and you or the remnant and um, Catholic Identity Conference CIC and you will be able to hear the full talks and the speakers and uh, uh, Michael uh, Hayes the author of this uh, summary at LifeSite News says um, focusing on the recent drastic restrictions imposed by Pope Francis and Cardinal Arthur Roach on the traditional mass of the church. Bishop Snyder stated that a restriction or prohibition of the traditional form of the liturgy is baseless since the Holy Spirit does not contradict himself. Referencing both traditions Traditionis Custodis and Cardinal Roach's subsequent responsa ad dubia Bishop Snyder called the documents a gross abuse of the papal office. In some of his strongest comments to date on the subject of Pope Francis's ongoing war on the traditional liturgy, Bishop Snyder warned that the church was in a fight which was being waged against the time-honored traditional rite of the Holy Mass, which all the saints for at least a millennium have loved, and in the case of priests and bishops, celebrated reverently and with great spiritual gain. Oh dear. There's the music, beloved, for our first break. I'm going to read as much of this as I can uh, until the second break when we come back. Then we will take your calls, your texts, your emails, the toll-free number uh, with anything on your heart whatsoever is one 511 5483 or email at mother at And for the time being... Uh, you can text at that toll-free number as well. You can call in now during the break if you don't mind waiting uh, for 10 minutes plus till the second break. We'll take your calls in the order they come in, and we do have emails. So God bless you, dear ones. Don't go away, and we'll be right back.
join the Station of the Cross every Saturday morning at 9 after the 8 a.m. Holy Mass and Sunday afternoons at 2 for a teaching episode on the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You'll learn the essential and fundamental content of our Catholic faith and morals in a complete and concise way with clarity and charity. That's Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday afternoons at 2 here on the Station of the Cross, Catholic Media Network, and the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live, and uh, we're going to just be reading for another 10 minutes or so before we take our second break and then take uh, your calls, your texts, your emails for the whole half hour following. We're uh, reading an article from LifeSite News that has to do with Bishop Snyder, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, the Auxiliary Bishop of Astana, Pakistan, his comments at the Catholic Identity Conference in October, run by um, Remnant Newspaper. And if you want to hear not just Bishop Snyder's full talk, but the excellent speakers, just go to Remnant um, uh, Newspaper or RemnantTV.com, and you'll be able to find that conference and listen to the talks. And I, I chose to read this just a couple of days before Christmas because so many people are suffering. I've seen pictures, videos, of Latin parishes being shuttered by their um, by their bishops, it's evil. It's completely evil. And mass is being conducted out in the cold, and hundreds of people kneeling on the ground outside their church. This is totally evil. This is nothing of God. And um, uh, so many of you are suffering, uh, and many of the Novus Ordo parishes are being shut down. Um, we're in a, a time of upheaval, and I want us to have a faith-filled, beautiful, peaceful 
Christmas tide by knowing that you, by an act of God's love, have been chosen to be one of his own. If you have the faith, his love has been poured upon you. You have received the faith as a gift. You haven't earned it. You don't deserve it. You're not worthy. Neither is, uh, am I. Nobody is. It's the free gift of God. And we need to be confident children of God that he has chosen us and that no power in the world can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Absolutely none. So know that you're in a time of persecution. The hierarchy of the church are acting like dictators, not shepherds. They are uh, wrong. What they are doing is evil. And um, we need to be confident that God will provide a way for us. The article in LifeSite News by Michael Hayes says, While the last 60 years have seen much liturgical upheaval, the auxiliary bishop of Astana stated that Rome has no authority to portray as harmful a form of the Roman rite, R-I-T-E, that has remained almost unchanged for a millennium and to order discriminatory measures against its celebration. Far from the characterizations of being rigid, which the Pope makes of devotees to the traditional liturgy, Bishop Snyder said that attachment to it was an act of love for the church. Out of fidelity, he says, out of fidelity and love for Holy Mother Church and for the honor of the apostolic see, bishops, priests, and the faithful feel obliged in our day to preserve the traditional form of the Holy Mass and of the sacraments. The powers that be hate what is holy, and therefore they persecute the traditional mass, Bishop Snyder said. Yet our answer should not be angry. Listen to this, beloved. Our answer should not... I'm going to read this whole paragraph again. This is a bit shocking, coming from Bishop Snyder, coming from any holy prelate. The powers that be hate what is holy, and therefore they persecute the traditional Latin mass, the traditional mass, which is the Latin mass. Yet our answer, listen, should not be anger and faint-heartedness, but a deep sureness in the truth and inner peace and joy and trust in divine providence. That's the response of a true well-formed Catholic with a deep faith. Just as the Pope cannot abolish the Apostles' Creed, nor to Bishop Snyder, neither can he pro- prohibit the use of the traditional Mass, for to do so would be an abuse of power. Pope Francis had cited Pope Pius V's liturgical regulations when promoting Traditionis Custodis, but Bishop Snyder explained how this was not comparable. Pope Pius V had not declared that the liturgy, according to the Roman Missal he published in 1570, was the only Lex Orande of the Roman Church and the Roman Rite, Lex Orande, the Law of Prayer. He noted, now declaring the reform of Pope Paul VI as the sole, this is from Pope Francis, declaring the reform of Pope Paul VI as the sole unique expression of Lex Orandi, the, the law of prayer of the church, of the Roman Rite, as Pope Francis is doing, violates the 2,000-year-old tradition of all the Roman pontiffs who have never shown such a rigid intolerance. It is rigidity, continued Bishop Snyder, employing one of Francis's words, often used in his campaign against the ancient liturgy. 
Indeed, Bishop Snyder rejected Francis's claims in Traditionis Custodis, saying that one cannot suddenly create a new right, as Paul VI has done, and declaring it is the exclusive voice of the Holy Spirit in our time, and in the same time portraying the previous right, which was almost unchanged in the span of at least 1,000 years, as deficient and harmful to the spiritual life of the faithful. Such argumentation inevitably leads to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit is contradicting himself, which would be impossible, Bishop Snyder noted. Father Mousley, Mousley, M-A-W-S-L-E-Y, speaking at the Catholic Identity Conference, said that uh, Traditionis Custodis is the most evil document ever produced in the history of the Church. Continuing this article, Bishop Snyder, one of the most prominently known bishops to publicly celebrate the ancient liturgy, explained to the conference that it contained and radiated eminent doctrinal integrity and ritual sublimity. Furthermore, he suggested that opponents of the Mass were concerned about such aspects. The splendor of truth sacredness and supernaturality of the traditional rite of Mass worries those clerics in high church positions in the Vatican and others who have embraced a new revolutionary theological stance which is closer to the Protestant view of the Eucharist and of worship and which is characterized by anthropocentrism and naturalism. The Novus Ordo, that is the new order, the Novus Ordo of Paul VI, without doubt, Bishop Schneider stated, weakens the doctrinal clarity about the sacrificial character of the Mass and weakens considerably the character of sacredness and of the mystery of worship itself. Paul Paul VI's new Mass was an act of true revolution, said Bishop Snyder, noting that he was the first pope in 2,000 years who dared to make a revolution of the order of mass, a true revolution. Bishop Snyder, who who himself faced great trials as a child, if you read his book, um, Christus Vincit, he himself faced great trials as a child in order to practice the Catholic faith. He warned that the traditional liturgy could soon become consigned to the catacombs in order to pass the traditional liturgy on through the generations. Such a great liturgical treasure of the Church as the traditional form of the Mass represents cannot simply be destroyed, he said. This liturgical treasure is the property of the Church, he added, not the private property of any particular pope. The current persecution against the right which the Roman Church jealously and unchangingly guarded during at least one millennium, therefore long before the Council of Trent, resembles now an analog situation of the persecution of the integrity of the Catholic faith during the Arian crisis of the 4th century. Bishop Snyder said those who at that time kept unchangingly the Catholic faith were banned by the vast majority of the bishops from the churches, and they were first to celebrate a kind of clandestine mass. Bishop Snyder also quoted extensively 
from the letters of St. Basil the Great, drawing a comparison between the hierarchy of saints, the saints' time, St. Basil, and the current era, noting first that today's clerics and bishops who promote impiety are promoted. Those who defect from the faith are promoted. Quoting directly from St. Basil's description about the church of his time, Bishop Snyder said, the doctrines of true religion are overthrown. The laws of the church are in confusion. The ambition of men who have no fear of God rushes into high posts and exalted office is now publicly known as the prize of impiety. During St. Basil's Day, beloved, yet despite such a warning, about the catacombs, Bishop Snyder did not promote fear, but rather hope for the future of the church. You hear that, beloved? Christmas is coming up. We await again the birth of the God-man, the Messiah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the triune God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who in an unbelievable act of love and condescension took flesh from the womb of a virgin and became man for us men and for our salvation, died for the sins that separated us from God, rose from the dead to give life to all who will come to him and established his church based on Israel, fulfilled in its Messiah, spread through the four corners of the earth to be a city set on a hill that no one could conquer. And just as Israel, God's people of the Old Covenant, God gave them to be a peculiar people, that is, set aside to be in the world and not of it, set aside by a hierarchy, a liturgy, what they ate, what they did, what they didn't do, all of that. That didn't change. It is the Messiah who established his church, Israel, through the New Covenant, which began at the Last Supper, which was also the first Mass, and then spread to the four corners of the earth. And the church is Israel. Founded, the church was founded on Israel. The prophets and uh, look at Ephesians chapter 2. The apostle, prophets and apostles, now who believed in their Messiah, and instead of offering millions of Old Testament dead sacrifices that couldn't save anybody, continued to offer the only one final sacrifice, the sacrifice of the true Lamb of God, which is perpetual, which will never end. He was slain before the foundation of the world, and his sacrifice is brought through time, through the words of a true priest, down through the altar, through the words of consecration at every Catholic Mass, throughout the world and will be forever to the end of time, beloved, no matter what any pope or any hierarch, any bishop does, they will not defeat God's church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the enemy is quadrupling his, his efforts right now. He's not interested in Christmas being about Christ. And most of the world is turning from God now. But we have faith, beloved. Praise God. Let your heart be full of gratitude and celebrate the coming of the Christ child and make sure those babies are not in the manger until Christmas Eve. Let your children know what Christmas is about, beloved. Bow before that manger. Sing hymns of praise, prayers before that manger as a family. Read every night from the scriptures and begin to practice 
being Catholics in your home treated as a catacomb, because soon it may be. We'll be right back after the break to take your calls, your texts, your emails. Don't go away. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish. And we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 21st. Today we celebrate St. Peter Canisius. Blessed with many talents, today's saint is an excellent example of a scriptural person who develops those gifts for the sake of the Lord's work. Born in 1521, Peter became one of the most important figures of the Catholic Counter-Reformation in Germany. He is often called the Second Apostle of Germany, after St. Boniface. He taught in several universities and was instrumental in establishing many colleges and seminaries. As a young man, Peter joined the recently formed Society of Jesus. Following his ordination, he gained fame as a preacher. He packed churches with his eloquent proclamation of the gospel. He also possessed great diplomatic skills. He produced a catechism that explained the Catholic faith in a way common people could understand. His letters, filling eight volumes, contain words of wisdom and counsel to people in all walks of life. Through Peter, many lapsed Catholics returned to the church, while many Protestants converted. He also found time to visit the sick and imprisoned. During a plague in Vienna in 1551, he worked tirelessly to help the sick. Peter Canisius died in 1597. At his canonization in 1925, he was also declared a doctor of the church. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together. I'm going to finish the article on LifeSite News. It's, we're just about at the end, but I'll wait till the end of the program. I won't do it just now. We'll take your calls, your texts, your emails, anything at all on your heart. Our lines are wide open, and the toll-free number to call or text is one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Martin who writes, Good morning, Mother. Can you please give us your thoughts on the recent news that has come out regarding Father Frank Pavone? Yes. For those of you who don't yet know, uh, the Holy Father himself has removed Father Frank Pavone from the clerical state, meaning he's no longer a priest, just totally laicized, totally removed, with, with, without uh, any opportunity for repeal. Um, there's an article on Crisis, uh, Crisis Magazine online that, that outlines the history of Father Frank Pavone becoming a, um, 
uh, pro-life, uh, doing the work of pro-life uh, that uh, Cardinal O'Connor gave him in New York at the time. Uh, Father uh, Pavone has a history of being attacked, but also um, a disobedience going from one diocese to another as one bishop after another tried to put him out of pro-life work, and the question is whether or not he should have obeyed those bishops. But um, uh, Father Frank Pavone apparently heard that the Vatican put him out of the priesthood from an, from a news article by Catholic News Agency. So um, this is truly awful. Whether or not Father Frank Pavone has provoked this, uh, it, it's insane. I, I've looked up many articles, many faithful news reports that say that Father Frank Pavone was never approached, that the Nuncio of the United States simply wrote a, new, a letter that went to Catholic News Report uh, weeks before Father Pavone was ever told about it. He heard it from a news report. So the thing is insane. Uh, again, I can't tell you what grounds anyone had but again, the church is acting like a dictatorship, not as a church. And how do you laicize a priest from the Vatican without a warning, without discipline, no chance of appeal? It, it takes on the character to me of a dictatorship and uh, really awful. So um, I cannot speak to whether or not the church or the bishops had reason to discipline Father Frank Pavone. But the way this has happened to me seems utterly evil. Um, just follow LifeSite News, um, Church Militant, and they'll keep you up to date on it. I, again, I can't, I have no personal judgment. I know Father Frank Pavone. I have no personal judgment on uh, what his obedience or disobedience has been over the years. But uh, the way this happened is, is, has nothing to do with the Catholic Church and the way it should function. We have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, God bless you in your ministry. You are truly a treasure to us all. Thanks so much, dear one. He or she writes, I attend a Latin parish, <clears throat> but unfortunately our bishop has canceled the traditional Latin mass in our archdiocese. Well, shame on that bishop, whoever he is. Shame on him. Therefore, we attend the Novus Ordo on weekday evenings, but thanks to our wonderful, faithful pastor, we're able to attend a hybrid Mass on Sundays, which combines the Latin Mass with the Novus Ordo, which is both reverent and beautiful. Once a week, we have a guest priest who comes to say a Novus Ordo Mass for us in the evening. And there is a woman who apparently is not able to receive the host during Holy Communion and is instead allowed to receive the precious blood of our Lord. The priest seems to have bad knees, so this woman receives the precious blood of our Lord while kneeling in the sanctuary rather than at the communion rail with all the other faithful. What, I don't know what that has to do with the priest's bad knees. This woman receives the precious blood of our Lord while kneeling in the sanctuary rather than at the communion rail with all the other faithful. She enters the sanctuary by going through a side gate in the altar railing and then proceeds through the sacristy where the priests get vested for mass. 
this does not seem right to me. It's not right. And seems to set a bad example for the other faithful when lay people are allowed to receive communion in the sanctuary, especially when they are not properly dressed. I've also read that the faithful are not allowed to receive the precious blood of our Lord because it is reserved only for priests. I'm thinking that this woman may have celiac disease, which is why she's allowed to receive the precious blood, but perhaps it may be better for her to just make a spiritual communion. No, if she has celiac, I would not deny her the the body and blood of Christ. I would not deny that. Um, Maybe she can receive a low... A communion host. If the communion, if the host has no gluten at all, it's not. It's not a host. It cannot be the body and blood of Christ. But there are celiacs bad enough. I know because I am a celiac that cannot receive even a low gluten host. So they must receive the precious blood. Um, and this person says, I know this particular priest allows her to receive in the sanctuary to save him from having to go back to the tabernacle to retrieve the vial of precious blood for her and then back again to the altar railing because of his bad knees. Oh, now I see what you mean. But it seems to be an abuse. I don't know why this priest cannot consecrate, as has happened in our own Latin parish, a separate uh, uh, amount of precious blood in a separate chalice for this one individual. It's been done in, in a Latin parish. To, to You have the, the priest chalice with the precious blood, and then you have a separate smaller chalice which has been consecrated and has precious blood, and the priest serves it. He doesn't have to go back to the tabernacle. He serves it uh, to the people kneeling at the altar just as he serves the host. Um... She says, or he, when our pastor is celebrating the Mass, this woman receives the precious blood at the communion rail. I brought this issue up to him, but he told me that nobody should be allowed in the sanctuary. He's very right. But it is still happening. What is your opinion, Mother? My opinion doesn't matter. The church teaching matters. Nobody should be in that sanctuary. And again, the priest can celebrate a separate chalice, very small, of a small amount of precious blood, and without going back to the tabernacle and up and down the stairs, can simply serve that precious blood at the altar rail to that woman. Uh, would the weak gluten in the host still be an issue for someone even after it's consecrated? Absolutely yes. And no longer bread but the true body of Christ? Absolutely yes, because the properties remain. Uh, the substance is Christ, but the properties remain of wheat and water. So gluten is still an issue, yes. I I know that personally. Thank you for your holy wisdom and advice, Mother. I hope that answers it. Um, And I hope you can talk to your priest about consecrating a special small chalice at the altar um, for uh, whoever has celiac or cannot receive uh, the host. We have an email from Patrick who says, Hi, Mother, I love your show. Thank you, Patrick. Question. I'm a parishioner in the Erie Diocese under Bishop Persisco. We recently moved and attended Mass at Our Lady Queen of the Americas with Father David Carter. A little history. Our diocese recently canceled 
or is in motion of canceling all Latin masses. It just breaks my heart. Pope Francis has not ordered that. Traditionis Custodis did not order the cancellation of all Catholic Latin masses. I do not understand any bishop that will do this. I have never attended, uh, he says, Latin Mass because I don't know Latin. You don't have to know Latin. But I'm I am knowledgeable of some of the traditions of that Mass. So my family and I were attending the All Saints Day Mass. And right before the consecration, the priest already had everything turned around on the altar and gave a small explanation that the bishop gave him permission to do the consecration with his back to us. His back isn't to you. His front is to the King of Kings. He also listed some other stuff as to why he was doing it. I spoke to some men of the clergy about this and have received mixed answers with the negative answers saying what he did was very bad and the positive answers claiming something about mixing the new and the old and using a word I'm not familiar with. What are your thoughts? Thank you for taking the time to answer this. God bless in faith. Patrick, I'm not clear on what happened here. Um, right before the consecration, you said, the priest already had everything turned around on the altar and gave a small explanation that the bishop gave him permission to do the consecration with his back to us. Um, well, if it's a novus auto mass, that's simply a novus auto ad orientum, which is what Paul VI established. Paul VI never uh, demanded priests to face the people and no longer face Christ. He's the shepherd leading the sheep to Christ. So they follow him. They follow him. He doesn't uh, face them. They, he doesn't walk backwards. He leads the sheep to the shepherd. And so... If it was a Novus Ordo Mass um, and it was turned around so that he was facing Christ, necessarily his back had to be toward you, then it was a Novus Ordo Ad Orienta Mass, which means facing east. Whether it was a Latin Mass or Ad Orientum Novus Ordo Mass, that is the proper form of the Mass. Ad Orientum, to the, toward the east, which is facing liturgically toward Jerusalem, um, that is correct. That is the correct form of the Mass. And it is correct to take a Novus Ordo parish and celebrate the Latin Mass by turning everything around so that the priest uh, is uh, with his back toward the people, as you say, um, facing Christ on the other side of the altar that he would be for the Novus Ordo Mass. Uh, everything is turned around. That's absolutely right. And there are parish that celebrate both, Novus Ordo and Latin. And the, the, the um, I wish the, the uh, altar and everything on it always faced east, but in many cases, it's completely turned around to prepare for the Latin Mass. Um, as far as I know, I mean, that's, that's a suffering, but it's, it's proper. So I hope I understood your email. We have an email from Catherine who says, Mother, thank you for the encouragement you give to parents to homeschool their children. Great, Catherine, I'm so glad you agree. 
She writes, I'm the mother of six children, and I have been homeschooling my children for four years now. God bless you. I just wanted to offer a little encouragement, good, to parents who may be thinking of homeschooling but are afraid that it will be too hard. It is not. And, and Catherine, before I read the rest of your email, it is not. It's, it's harder to send them to school because you're destroying them. And you cannot live out your vocation that God has given you to raise your children in the faith. It's much easier to do what God has ordered, and the grace will be with you. Catherine writes, we kept our children in our parish school for years, even though there were indications that it was unfaithful in some areas because I thought it would be too hard to homeschool. Once we got started with homeschooling, though, I saw that most of the image I had of it was wrong. Blessed be God. I'm going to continue with Catherine's email as soon as we come back from the break, beloved. It'll be our last segment. So again, you are welcome to call in with what is ever on your heart, toll free or text one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. beloved this is mother miriam how would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests you can tune in to sermons for everyday living every day at 6 a.m eastern on the station of the cross you can listen on the station of the cross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic radio mobile app god bless you Jesus now came to heal our wounded and troubled hearts. We beg thee to heal the torments that cause anxiety in our hearts. We beg thee in a particular way to heal all who are the cause of sin. We beg thee to come into our lives and heal us of the psychological harms that struck us in our early years and from the injuries that they have caused throughout our lives. Lord Jesus, thou know our burdens. We lay them all at thy good shepherd's heart. We beseech thee by the merits of the great open wound in thy heart to heal the small wounds that are in ours. Heal the pain of our memories so that nothing that has happened to us will cause us to remain in pain and anguish filled with anxiety. Heal, O Lord, all those wounds that have been the cause of all the evil that is rooted in our lives. We want to forgive all those who have offended us. Look to those inner sores that make us unable to forgive. Thou who came to forgive the afflicted of heart, please heal our own hearts. Heal, our Lord Jesus, those intimate wounds that cause us physical illness. We offer thee our hearts. Accept it, Lord. Purify them and give us the sentiments of thy divine heart. Help us to be meek and humble. Heal us, O Lord, from the pain caused by the death of our loved ones, which is oppressing us. Grant us to regain peace and joy in the knowledge that thou art the resurrection and the life. Make us an authentic witness to thy resurrection, thy victory over sin and death, thy living presence among us. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, and I am live, and I'm so grateful we could be together this week before Christmas, the fourth week of Advent. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes. Uh, last time, last call, if you want to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at We're right in the middle of an email from Catherine, who is homeschooling her six children. Initially, she sent them to a Catholic school and found out the Catholic school was not faithful to the teachings of the church. And she was afraid of homeschoolers because she thought it would be too hard. But she took her children out, and she's homeschooling them. And she said... Once we got started with homeschooling, though, I saw that most of the image I had of it was wrong. With God's grace, our daily lives seem even easier now than when the children attended the parish school. I recommend for parents to enroll their children in a faithful Catholic homeschool program, and all the daily lesson plans and books are sent to their doorstep. Everything is so well planned out and easy to follow. Thank you, Mother, for all that you do, Catherine. God bless you for this email, Catherine. And I say to anybody who's struggling with homeschooling or hasn't homeschooled and doesn't know where to begin, uh, we devoted an entire newsletter uh, to homeschooling. And I think it was the fall, summer or fall newsletter of 2020. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, motherofisraelshope.org, click on newsletters, and just scroll down on newsletters for a year or two. We only print one or two a year, so you won't have too far to scroll. It's somewhat of a blue cover. It has St. Therese of Lisieux right on the cover. And in that newsletter, there's a response from uh, over a dozen women who homeschool their children on all, uh, uh, well, more than a dozen, a couple of dozen, but at least there's a dozen questions and fears that would-be homeschoolers have, and they're answered not only by moms, but by their children. Um, so the fears are answered. Uh, the top homeschooling programs by traditional Catholic, good Catholic, doesn't have to be traditional Latin mass, but good Catholic faithful people. The top programs are listed um, in the survey that was taken, and the top resources are in there. Everything's in there. Where to start, how to get started. You don't have to invent the wheel. Everybody, because these homeschool programs today, send it to you, to your home, complete. Um, it's just like a cake mix. You don't have to figure it out. It tells you, put two eggs in a cup of water and you got it made. So um, uh, I would urge everybody to do that. You'll give your children the greatest Christmas gift you could give them if you take them out of the public school system for sure and the Catholic school system if it doesn't teach the faith because you will be betraying your children and they will leave the faith. Um Elizabeth in Pennsylvania. Hi, dear one. Good morning, Mother. Hi. Um, I listen to you every day, and thank you for everything. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, The reason I called is um, I'm from the Erie Diocese with Bishop Persico, the Mm -hmm. call you had, or or I think it was an email. Yeah. I I just wanted to clarify something. He didn't cancel the Latin Masses. We have two of them. I'm part of the Latin Mass community. And uh, we have one up near you, and then one once a month in um, St. Bridget's in Meadville, the last su- Sunday How often of the is month. the one in Erie? 
every week. And well, blessed be God for your call, Elizabeth. And and I want to say um, shame on anybody who calls in with false information, especially where a bishop's involved. You need don't and and that person may say, well, that's what I was told or that's what I thought. That's irresponsible of you. If you're going to send an email to a live radio program or call in, you have the responsibility to do the research so you don't slander anybody and give out false information. God bless you, Elizabeth, for your call. I, I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh well, in defense of the, the person, uh, we're not allowed to advertise, so he may not know we have a Latin mass. So uh, <laughs> that that's uh, it, it's very strict because the bishop's going according to what the Pope said, you know. But he is working with us right now, and so well, how could there uh, be a Latin mass and the bishop not know? They would need the bishop's permission. No, I mean the man who wrote it, who wrote into you may not know there is a Latin mass. The bishop knows, yes. He's well, then he has a responsibility to call the diocese, that whoever wrote in has a responsibility to check it out and call the diocese before he announces something like that. It's very serious. Um, we have enough trouble in the country and in the world um, with the Latin Mass being canceled. Uh, I, I want to say all of you, do your homework. Don't uh, report what hearsay, don't report what you think. If you're going to accuse a bishop or report something as factual, you need to check it out. You, If you want to talk to your friends, that's still irresponsible. But if you're going to report it to a media source, you need to check that out. That's a great responsibility. So I apologize to Bishop Persico, uh, Persico and to all the people of Erie for... Um, having uh, responded to that previous email as I did. Well, yeah, yeah. And I'm also no Father Carter, and he he's a he, he's a really good priest. He really wants to do things traditionally as best as he can. He he, he loves the Latin Mass, but he can't say it cause of, yet because of his health. But um, he just tries to do the the regular Mass as, as, um, as, as, good, as, as good he as can. he can. Reverent, like I think reverent. Yeah, and that's basically what he's good trying to do. Okay, Elizabeth, God bless you for your call and for your heart. Thank you so much. And a Merry Christmas to Bishop Persico with our Persico. I met the bishop uh, when I was in Erie a few years ago. Um, he's a good man. And um, uh, I believe from my meeting with him that uh, he would only try to do what is right and prudent. So um, uh, I'm really grateful for your call, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Um, and I am going to now, uh, we're almost at our closing. I want to read the remainder of the article from LifeSite's News with, with the traditional mass being shut down in so many places. Um, Bishop Snyder says, yet despite such a warning about the catacombs, Bishop Snyder did not promote fear, but rather hope in the future of the church. This is so important. The church is always... And even in the pontificate of Pope Francis, in the almighty hands of Christ, not in our hands, said Bishop Snyder. Bishop Snyder described the current crisis in the church as the Golgotha hours, which the church suffered with Christ, the head of his mystical body. 
In the face of this persecution, the auxiliary of, Akis, uh, of Astana, Pakistan, urged Catholics to keep our great sobriety, common sense, and supernatural vision. We should not yield to the temptation and assume an attitude of resolving with human means the immense crisis of the church. Instead, Bishop Snyder called on Catholics to welcome the liturgical exile as a persecution suffered for God. He said this, We can say to those spiritually blinded and arrogant churchmen of our day who disdain the treasure of the traditional rite of the Mass and who persecute, and, and Bishop Persico is not among them, let me just make that clear, and who persecute Catholics who are attached to it, we can say, you will not succeed in overcoming and extinguishing the traditional rite of the Mass. Most Holy Father Pope Francis, you will not succeed in extinguishing the traditional rite of the Mass. Why? You are fighting against the work which the Holy Spirit so carefully and artfully has woven throughout the centuries and ages. The cap, quoting Bishop Snyder, the Catholic Church, with its visible head, the Roman Pontiff, will again be the pillar of the beauty and sacredness of the rite of the Holy Mass, since the Holy Spirit does not contradict himself. God bless all of you. God willing, dear ones, will be with you tomorrow.